and welcome to the Stockout. The Stockout is your show at FreightWaves about CPG companies, supply chains, and CPG companies, supply chains. I am your host, Mike bowden Distel. I'm an analyst and market expert here at uh, FreightWaves, and I hope everyone is having a good Friday. Um, what we're going to do today of the next uh, 20 minutes or so is go through um, you know, really what I thought were the big uh, items here in the CPG industry you know, this week. And I thought there were really two big ones. Uh, the first one is, um, you know, really both related to from coming down from the Biden administration. I mean, first, there was the, the sort of the news of the hour, Biden administration requiring uh, companies with more than 100 employees to have everyone vaccinated. That's a big deal for uh, CPG companies. I'll explain why. And, uh, you know, also coming down from the Biden administration, there was this uh, statement, uh, you know, directed at the meat uh, packing industry, the meat processing industry, uh, basically alleging uh, profiteering. Uh, among the largest, um, you know, meat uh, processors, saying the industry is too concentrated. Um, you know, I'll talk about, you know, that statement, um, which you could go and, and, and view it uh, at the White House website. You know, I've, I've linked to it in the Stockout newsletter uh, that was sent out uh, this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, Tyson was the, the company that came back and uh, it sort of punched back. And so that's why I titled this uh, Biden versus uh, Tyson. Sounds like a boxing match uh, could get uh, maybe even uglier than that. So I'll talk about those things. And then I'll talk about a latest report hot off the presses from the Consumer Brands Association. They did a survey of the CPG industry. Also have some interesting stats in there. So I'll rattle through some of those. You can see how those compare to uh, what you're seeing out in the CPG uh, industry. So it's going to be, um, you know, a, a meat heavy uh, uh show here today. Uh, but before we do that, um, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor on today's show is NYSHEX. That's the New York Shipping Exchange. Uh, the New York Shipping Exchange is supporting uh, the transformation of container shipping by solving inefficiencies associated with booking downfalls and shipment rollings. To learn more, please visit uh, NYSHEX.com. That's N-Y-S-H-E-X. Dot com And in the coming weeks, we're going to have uh, someone from NYSHEX on the stockout to talk about their uh, services a little bit. And just just give us an overview you know, of what's happening in the ocean shipping industry. And I guess from what I can gather, uh, it's pretty frustrating for uh, ocean shippers right now getting their products in the United States. Uh, don't know if it's ever been harder. Um, you know, they all this frustration with having uh, you know, your container booked on a vessel, getting it rolled to the next vessel, getting rolled to the next vessel after that, you know, using an alternative port that's not your preferred port, and then trying to figure out the inland uh, logistics from there. Um, it just really seems like uh, kind of a nightmare on it, to be honest, um, you know, if you're an ocean a shipper. So we'll get, uh, I think, a lot of the the, the, the details there, um, you know, later in the month from, from NYSHEX, and, and they can tell us, you know, what can be, can be done about those, um, that situation. Um, but first, um, you know, here I'm going to talk about a topic of the, the week, Biden versus Tyson, sort of this, uh, you know, a grudge match, let's call it. Um, you know, the White House, you know, this week issued a briefing. It's up on uh, White House website if you want to see it, um, you know, in, in fair amount of, of depth that almost read like a Wall Street short report. Uh, and it's sort of going after this 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 industry and basically um, you know, pointing the finger at the meat industry uh, for uh, causing a disproportionate amount of inflation, and I think that's maybe the, the the thing the administration is is angling for is, you know, if you were to ask most people, you know, how the economy is doing, 
I think most people would say it's it's doing awesome. The you know, stock market's at a record level. It's very easy to find a job, uh, et cetera. Housing market's boom. You can sell your house for more. You can go out and get yourself a raise, all these things. The caveat is that uh, inflation is very high. Um, you know, people, some people are losing ground in inflation, um, and, and that's really sort of the, the big caveat. And you see this every time you go to the grocery store, and uh, in, in particular, you know, for things like meat. And uh, according to the administration, half of the increases in the food that's uh, consumed at home is uh, that half of that increase that consumers are seeing in their grocery bills is directly related to increase the price of meat, uh, beef, pork, and poultry. Uh, those prices have risen uh, 14% for beef, uh, 12% for pork, 6.6% uh, for poultry since December. So all pretty steep increases. Those are, are, are higher increases than you've seen for other types of food products that I've talked about on the stock out. A lot of those are kind of in the mid single digits, the high single digits range, you want to call it four to maybe 9%, sort of that area. Still very inflationary for, for what they are, um, but not quite as inflationary as meat, um, the administration uh, is, you know, cites that uh, the the concentration in the industry is really, you know, what's driving this. So you do have four companies that control between 55% and 85% of the beef, uh, pork, and poultry markets, or these household names like, uh, you know, JBS, you know, Tyson, et cetera. Um, and administration went as far as to say that it appeared that these companies were pandemic profiteering after having received um, maybe you know benefits from the the government either directly or indirectly sort of indirectly really with all these stimulus packages <clears throat> a lot of people went out and 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 used those for for groceries or or better groceries you see a saw a tremendous amount of trading up from less expensive items to more expensive items you know, during the pandemic, you know, people saving money on gasoline, they could, you know, afford a steak where, where maybe they couldn't, you know, afford that, you know, before. So, um, you know, they felt like uh, administration feels like they really sort of propped up uh, the the meat companies, you know, profits. And one of the things that they cited was this stat that uh, farmers share of the price of beef. We've got a line chart on this uh, from the White House's website. You know, there it is. So they make the argument that. This wholesale beef value that the you know companies like Tyson and JBS are capturing has risen risen substantially you know since the pandemic began and uh, that it has not reflected has has not been a result of the cattle uh, value. In fact, the cattle value, if anything, has been sort of flat to to down, and and so that's padded the margins of the the, the meat you know processing industry. And uh, administration seems to view this as the large, uh, you know, companies um, uh, basically taking advantage of sort of the, the smaller, you know, companies. There's also a, another, uh, you know, chart that we have from the White House uh, uh, statement that shows kind of the the diagram of the the beef pork industry, and 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 there it is. And you see that they highlight the processing plants as being sort of the the, the choke point, um, you know, there in 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 the in the process where you know that's really been sort of the the, the constraint. You know, they say because that industry is is so concentrated, they have all the buying power. You know, they're that you know a huge company like Tyson is buying, uh, you know, uh, uh, meat, uh, sorry, the, the cattle from you know huge number of of, of ranchers that are distributed, uh, you know, out. A lot of these are mom and pop businesses. They're not paying you know very much. They're they're keeping all the all the profits for themselves, and um, it, it, it's that seems to be sort of the the, the issue that that they have. 
and uh, seems to, to be alleging that they're profiteering, basically raising prices more than they need to, to, to raise them, um, you know, given what's happening with, you know, with inputs. Um, and so uh, the, the, not surprisingly, you know, Tyson and uh, North American uh, Meat Institute, sort of trade organization that represents the, the meat, you know, uh, producers, you know, they pushed back, uh, you know, Tyson put out a press release. Um, and here are some of the points that they made. They say, well, the industry has been that concentrated for 25 years. I mean, there is a, a, a was a recent um, you know, merger, but it's still, you know, basically that industry has been you know, concentrated for about 25 years. So there's nothing new there. Um, and uh, rising prices are basically a result of unprecedented conditions. They cite rising animal feed prices. Of course, that's, you know, true rising demand for, for processed meat. I mean, that's, you know, also at least, you know, somewhat, uh, you, know, you know, true, uh, both, you know, rising demand, you know, here domestically because people bought those more expensive groceries and also demand, rising demand for uh, overseas, um, you know, uh, from overseas countries uh, like China uh, in particular has been trying to replenish its hog population. So they've been buying a lot of uh, animal feed, basically, um, and, and crops that can go into animal feed, sort of propping up those prices, and also buying a lot of pork. Um, you know, the Chinese use a lot of pork in, in a lot of their, their dishes, so that's been, uh, you know, given you know rise to, to greater demand. Also, cited severe weather conditions, which is, has been an issue with with with, with animal feed. So they, they they talked about these numerous numerous factors, and you know, the industry makes the argument, which I think is a good one, that the 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 um, the, the demand, you know, supply and demand for processed meat is really a different market than the supply for, let's say, the raw inputs, you know, the, the animals that, that go into that. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, the ranchers could, um, you know, grow, you know, produce just as much uh, of the, the, the cattle, you know, chickens, et cetera, as they could, you know, before the pandemic. But uh, the, the processors really had more constraints there. There were um, a lot of outbreaks at various uh, you know, meat processing, you know, plants. I mean, some of those plants had to be shut down because, you know, the workers are in, in close proximity. It's really, you can't, no, no way to social distance in, in, in some of those facilities. And so that really, you know, caused more of a constraint with the processing, you know, than, you know, it's typically, you know, typically the case. And, uh, you know, it allowed them to, to raise, you know, prices because there was a shortage of processed meat at the same time that there was a surplus of, uh, you know, cattle and, and other, um, you know, any other animals, sort of the raw materials that, that, that go into that. So they make the argument, those are, you know, distinct markets, you know, different uh, market forces were um, you know, putting pressure, uh, you know, in, in different ways, you know, on those markets, you know, if, if there's constraints with, you know, the manufacturing facilities with getting, you know, workers in the door, you know, you can have a, a shortage of, uh, you know, processing you know, capabilities at the same time of having, of having excesses of, of other things. You know, Tyson also makes the case that, you know, being at such a large scale allows it to operate, um, you know, efficiently keeping uh, you know, prices down for, you know, consumers. So, you know, my take on this here is I think there's some spin uh, on both sides. Um, you know, I think that uh, in general, um, you know, assuming that there wasn't any collusion, that having four producers produce a majority of products in a particular market is probably not anti-competitive. There's a lots of industries where, you know, that's the case. Um, but it does seem to be a big initiative of the administration to, 
rein in, um, you know, areas that they feel are less, you know, industries they feel are less competitive. There was a, a big, you know, Biden administration executive order where they had uh, the various regula- regulatory bodies that oversee various industries take a hard look at, um, you know, doing things to increase competition. I know all about that because I follow the rail industry and uh, they're looking at things like reciprocal switching, which is a way to in- enhance competition on the railroad. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up, you know, happening. You know, there's certainly, I think, was it a surge in demand for, for, for meat, but, you know, on the surface, I don't think the industry concentration in and of itself or those price movements in and of themselves means that anything, you know, anti-competitive is happening. Um, but the administration uh, highlighted they're, you know, conducting ongoing investigation with the Department of Justice into price fixing in the chicken processing industry. They're also providing stimulus in various forms to small meat uh, processors and other companies at various parts of that meat supply chain that are uh, companies other than the companies uh, processing and packaging the meat. It's also a one-time $600 relief payment to meat packers. So, so there's going to be some support for the companies that aren't the 800-pound gorilla in the room that are not the, the, the Tysons of the world. So, um, you know, hopefully it, 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 it helps them. But, um, you know, I think it re- certainly remains to be seen if there's anything really, um, you know, underhanded that's going on with, with things like a collusion. A topic number two, which I actually think is, is pretty, you know, highly related here is, is, is basically what the vaccine mandates uh, mean for CPG companies. So we heard, uh, I think you probably saw the Biden administration has a vaccine mandate now for companies over 100 employees. Um, everyone's going to have to be, you know, vaccinated sort of as a condition for employment. Not completely clear how all that's going to work. Do I just show a picture of my vaccination card and, and you're going to take my word for it? I, I mean, who, who knows exactly? But one thing that's interesting is this survey from the Consumer Brands Association that 91% of food companies were not requiring vaccinations for any of their employees. So the food um, industry does have a long way to go. I think it's one of the industries that is relatively unvaccinated. Um, you know, some of these companies that have, have announced vaccine mandates, you know, a few weeks ago were companies like J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs, which I think they probably pretty much everyone there had, had already been vaccinated. Um, you know, there was you know, some discussion here internally at Freight Waves as to what this means uh, throughout the supply chains. Our CEO, uh, Craig Fuller suggested this is really going to be disruptive because uh, so many blue collar industries that, you know, companies that he talks to, the sort of blue collar workers are maybe 50 percent vaccinated, some cases less than 50 percent vaccinated. And that includes, uh, you know, truck drivers or you know, warehousing personnel or, 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 or meat packing. And, um, you know, with, with meat, you know, specifically, you know, one of the interesting things is we do sort of have a case study with Tyson because Tyson was one of the companies that uh, man- has mandated uh, that all employees need to be vaccinated. I think they said office workers by middle of September, and they said um, uh, you know plant workers by by middle of October. They made that mandate. Uh, I think about a month ago, three, three four weeks ago, and at the time, it, it it almost seemed you know controversial because there really have not had not been a lot of companies that have been doing that. You know, the company had been struggling with getting employees in the door. They say things like, well, it takes us six days to make five days of production because just there's absenteeism. We don't have the people and we're trying to make ourselves, you know, a desirable place to work. 
you know, all, all, all of those things. But basically what they had, they have about 120,000 employees and they had 47% of them vaccinated. So let's rough numbers, let's call it 60,000 out of the 120,000 were vaccinated. And it went from about 50%, just under 50% to about 75%. So if other, you know, companies have sort of a similar pattern that employ large number of, you know, factory workers, production workers, um, you know, it seems like you would get about half of the holdouts to just get vaccinated because they feel like, okay, you know, need to, need to keep my job. Um, and, and maybe that makes, you know, any you know, vaccine, you know, hesitancy can sort of go by the way, wayside if you have to pay your bills. Now you would think that, um, you know, saving your life is more important than keeping a, a, a job, but, um, you know, I think dollars and cents are just a little bit more concrete in a lot of people's, you know, minds. Uh, so, um, I think it remains to be seen whether that's going to be really disruptive in, the CPG, um, you know, industry, you know, or not. Um, but I think Tyson is, is sort of one example of a company where at least initially it doesn't seem to be maybe as disruptive as, as, as you might think. Uh, topic number three here, and this is going to be the last, uh, you know, topic, maybe a little bit of a, a shorter show today. Uh, Consumer Brands Association uh, published a report, you know, walking through a lot of the, the trends in the CPG industry and, um, you know, to start with, the poll shows that 35% of Americans are spending more time at home because of the Delta, because of the Delta variant um, in early August as opposed to early July. So there has been, um, you know, a, sort of a shift. I don't want to call it a new lockdown, but sort of a voluntary, um, you know, withdrawal of, you know, going out uh, to, to restaurants. You have a sonar chart that shows, uh, you know, something to that effect which is basically retail sales in the food and beverage you know, industry. Um, and, and, and basically there, the retail sales before the pandemic were roughly 50-50. So, so you see this chart, uh, before the pandemic, retail sales for food and beverage, um, you know, which is in blue, so that's, that's food that you buy at home, buy, buy, buy for home in groceries, and, uh, is, is in blue. And the, the uh, sales at restaurants, they call it food service, is in um, green, so primarily restaurants, and those were right about even. So people basically spent half the, their money on food at, at home, half the money outside of outside of the home. Now you did see that big spike up in in blue, you know, in 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 March, and the huge drop off in in a food service, um, you know, of course, and you know it's, they've sort of been gradually. Uh, converging again, mostly with food uh, service improving, but you really haven't seen a big drop off, if really a drop off at all, uh, the last you know year, I mean, more than last year of uh, your retail purchases of, of food, which I think speaks to how strong the um, the basically the economy is that if people are, are are willing to you know buy the name brand products they're willing to buy the steaks to grill at home more people are buying you know you know meat for um, you know grilling at home and and, and uh, just doing more you know cooking with 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 better with better ingredients a, a lot of people um, are trying to eat healthier which those tend to be higher ticket uh, items I've heard almost every CPG company try to expand their product offerings in fresh and healthy uh, you know, foods, those, those foods are, are, are more expensive. Um, but some of the other stats here from the Consumer Brand Association, I'll run through really quick. Demand for CPG up 8.7% year over year in the second quarter of 21. So kind of amazing. Um, that's outpacing the economic growth rate, uh, which is a torrid 6.5%, and that 8.5% growth in consumer packaged goods, 
was on top of a 20.6% increase in uh, 2020 over 2019. So I think a lot of people expected uh, consumer packaged goods had this huge shoot up uh, from 2019 to 2020 as people stayed at home and it was going to reverse in 2021. That hasn't happened. Um, so uh, it, it really probably hasn't happened just because the economy has been strong and we're not fully back to our pre-pandemic uh, selves with you know, traveling, spending on hotel rooms, uh, et cetera. Um, another interesting staff in the CPG industry, which is maybe concerning for those of you, you know, in the industry, is the CPG industry added only 12,000 jobs in the second quarter. That's pretty poor when you think of uh, it was about 850,000 for the U.S. employers at a whole, and the segment that um, includes uh, manufacturing of non-durables was um, there's about 362,000 openings of jobs um, in manufacturing of non-durables. You know, some of those are CPG, some of those are not, but um, you know, a lot of those would, would be CPG. There's a tremendous amount of openings, where, and there's a, those positions that are not being filled you know, very quickly. Um, and then some com companies are even having more trouble than, than that. You've seen with, with Mondelez, you know, people, you know, at the bakeries making Oreos walked off the job in a strike. So um, all, all sorts of issues with, with, with labor. Um, I think the CPG industry is having uh, greater difficulties uh, finding people than most industries. Um, so those must not be desirable, uh, you know, jobs to, to work at, or, or those are probably the ones too that, are um, you know more displaced by you know stimulus people staying at home uh, because they have stimulus uh, you know checks um, really sort of moves the needle there. So another interesting stat I'll sort of leave you with is the Bank of America credit card stats came out the other day. Bank of America spending uh, up twelve percent year over year, so people are spending more on their credit cards, and that's up sixteen percent over two years ago. They smoothed that out over three weeks because of the um, the holiday. And so uh, consumers are still spending, you know, you know money. Um, kind of surprised that twelve percent isn't closer to maybe the economic growth rate, but it just, it, and maybe that's just, you know, because goods are doing better than, than, than services still. But um, you know, no real sign that the consumer is is pulling back yet. If, if anything, um, you know, they're ex accelerating here. Maybe feel wealthier with the, the stock market continuing to hit, uh, you know, record highs and, and, and staying at a very high level. So. Um, plenty of demand for uh, consumer packaged goods and for consumer goods in uh, general. Um, lots of constraints in transportation networks, whether we're talking about ocean, intermodal, or a truckload. Um, where constraints in warehousing, constraints with chassis, uh, not enough drayage drivers. Um, so a difficult time for shippers right now. And um, you know, if there's anything that uh, you know we can do for you here at Freightways, feel free to reach out. Um, you can contact me at M. Bowdendistal at FreightWaves.com and feel free to sign up for the Stockout newsletter if you're not already. Uh, that can be found at uh, www.freightwaves.com forward slash the Stockout. I try to get two newsletters out uh, you know, every week related to um, consumer packaged goods or uh, freight transportation, uh, preferably you know, some of both, maybe you know, connect the two. Um, connect the dots. So, um, you know, with that, I'll uh, wish you a good weekend and um, you know, see you back here uh, next Friday.